Live from Kamloops, this is the First in Gold BC Lions Training Camp Show. Brought to you by BCLC. With every play, you're making BC even better. Now, here are your hosts, Julio Caravata and Bob Marjanovic. Welcome to the BC Lions Training Camp Show, live from Kamloops, presented by BCLC. It's the Moach, play-by-play voice of your BC Lions, Bob Marjanovic. Along with color analyst Julio Caravetta, bringing you another season of BC Lions football. Plenty of interviews to get to as camp is underway here in Kamloops at Thompson Rivers University. And Julio, um, you know what? It was a significant offseason for the BC Lions with a lot of moves. But I think every time, even if you don't make a lot of moves, when you come to camp, it's almost like Christmas, right? You, you get to see the guys that you brought in, see them in your colors. And, man, the Lions did bring in a lot of high-profile free agents. So pretty cool, I guess, everybody to get together and get excited about camp. Well, you know what's funny, Moj, thinking about it, like you said, it's like Christmas for us as well. We get excited about being back in it, seeing the guys. But it's going to be the first normal camp like traditionally for the first time in, what, three years? And even the beginning of this camp was really wasn't normal because of the strike and the delay of the veterans getting here. So, But you're right. Um, anytime uh, training camp begins right across the board, the players are super excited about, one, seeing each other. Uh, there's so much work that goes into an offseason. Um, so to finally be able to get on the field and start working as a team, that's always such a gratifying feeling. Um, and that lasts for a couple of days until your leg starts feeling so sore that you can't walk. But uh, like you mentioned, um, this team has gone through some significant change, uh, both offensively and defensively, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see some of those pieces come together. Of course, the coaching staff pretty well knows what the veterans can do, the returning players, but when we talk about that work stoppage, strike, lockout, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, how much do you think that might have impacted guys trying to make this team losing that practice yeah, time? You, you hit it right on the head. That, that's To me, that's the biggest thing. For a veteran – Right. You, you know the system. So you really, you know, you may you're going to lose a, a little bit of time getting that timing down or or, you know, running routes or defending. However, you want to look at it doesn't matter what uh, what position you play. It's just getting those reps. But you, you're a veteran. You you know what the system is. But if you're a rookie, you know, everything is put in segments offensively and defensive. You're putting in the base defense and then letting the guys absorb that. And then now you're starting to add different packages. You're adding different blitzes. You're adding different offensive formations. All those things start to, they're building blocks. So if you miss out on those building blocks, for a young guy who's learning a new system, new league, motion, all those things, it really can have a huge effect. Because, you mean, we all have been around the game long enough to understand that for some of these young guys, that window of opportunity is very, very small. And so you need to be able to impress and impress early. And if you and if you find yourself thinking too much because you don't know the system or asking, then you can't really let your athleticism really shine. And so that for me is is going to be the biggest thing for some of these rookies who can learn the quickest, who's gonna who's gonna make an impact early on, um, considering that they haven't had maybe all those building blocks um, put into place. Of course, we will break down what we've seen thus far. It's going to be an interesting show. We're going to talk to both coordinators, offensive coordinator Jordan Mitsimic. Also, we'll talk to defensive coordinator Ryan Phillips. Speaking of rookies, D-line coach John Bowman making his CFL coaching debut this year with the Lions. But uh, back to the 
new players on this team. We're going to hear from Sean White in a couple of seconds' time. You had an opportunity to chat with him. But of the new players that have come to this BC Lions team, who are the guys that get you really excited? Well, there's there's been a couple of guys. Um, you know, they're not new, um, but they're new to this team. Uh, even for, even the, the first practice I've seen, uh, David Menard, who's come back, and uh, Matthew Betts, um, who they signed as a, as a free agent. from Those two guys on the defensive line have looked really, really good. High energy. Um, they don't take any plays off. But as far as um, some of the young guys uh, on the, in the defensive backfield, which is going to be a very, very tough place to crack, um, uh, Ty Neal Cooper, uh, who's a defensive back, has spent some time in Winnipeg, has looked good. Um, another guy that's looked pretty good is uh, Quincy Mauger, who's uh, again a, a young guy that's uh, impressed early on in that second or in that secondary. As far as um, the receivers, um, Monte Crockett has looked very good. Um, and again, it's another position that uh, is chock full of veterans. Another guy, Josh Pearson, has looked very good. So. There's going to be battles all over the place. It's just going to be interesting to see which one of those young guys can really absorb the system the quickest, get in there and make an impact, and uh, that's going to play itself out throughout the, throughout the, our time here. And, of course, there are CFL veterans that are new to this team. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. We'll get into that in a second. But, you know, you got Delvin Bro coming to BC, Luches Purifoy, who has spent time here, and a guy that you talked to, Sean White, who also spent some time in BC, but others as well. Yeah, you, you, you know, I mean, as you said earlier, um, you know, the team was very, very active in free agency and bringing some of these guys. Like I said, uh, Menard and Matthew Betts are a couple of more guys um, that uh, are going to have impacts. Pure for, I mean, the other guy, Moj, I mean, I, and, and we follow the league very closely. Delvin Bro is probably was, was by far and away the best defensive back in this league. And that's saying something because there's a lot of good defensive back, but. He was the kind of guy that was he was shut down. Like I mean, you you stayed away from him as a quarterback. He was that good. So to get him uh, with that secondary, um, you know, I mean, I'm excited to see where that goes. And then they just signed uh, Mike Awe, who uh, who was here uh, with the Lions and has kind of made his rounds around the league. Um, you know, he's going to be, I think, a, a real depth player for them, a special teams player for them. And I'm I'm excited to get your opinion on the defensive line because. You know, the biggest guy I think that they had signed in free agency, Stephen Richardson, who's not here because he suffered a, an injury, um, is not going to likely be available to this team all year. Um, I'm excited to see how Boom Guachem and Tim Bonner and Josh Banks and some of these guys are, you know, are how they're going to look in their second years. And some of these new young guys, right? Uh, they've got a lot of guys up front, right? So to see where they're, you know, how they're developing, because I think that is the key. Offensive line, I'm not, I'm not as as concerned. I think they're going to be fine on the O line, but it's the defensive line. I think that really needs to that we need to see the most significant improvement on that side of the ball. We'll talk a little about that. We'll talk about that in depth when we have Ryan Phillips uh, on board with us. But Sean White, our next guest, the Lions last year, the the, the place kicking was cost them. Here's the thing that I'm going to throw to you: it cost them probably three or four games. Early in the season as well, ask yourself this question. What happens if they rally in Saskatchewan, get a couple of kicks, and win that game? What does that do for that team's confidence, the, you know, the reference point it has? Does it, is it a launching point moving forward, right? So uh, I'm just wondering, you know, what if they would have had those 
timely kicks last year. This year, I think you're going to get him because you have a veteran in Sean White. You, you said it perfectly, right? I mean, what if? Um, and you're right, those kinds of – considering where the, all the circumstances wrapped around that Saskatchewan game in week one and how far they were down in the hole – and how they came back in the second half, and you could imagine what that would have done for them on the road, one of the most difficult places. You know, you got your backup quarterback in there, and all of a sudden you pull out a victory. You're right. I mean, who knows where it could have springboarded you. It could have, it could have, it could have made a completely uh, different season for them. And as you pointed out, that wasn't just that game, right? Their kicking cost them probably three or four games. And, and you know, it's one of those things as a player, uh, and I was very fortunate because I played with the greatest of all time. Is that when you when that guy strolls out onto the field, you have every confidence that he's going to make those clutch kicks. And even if he does miss a kick, you know that he's you know mean he's going to make the necessary adjustments and make the next one. And I think that's one of the things that the, the they didn't have. Getting Sean White was massive because he is a proven commodity. He has been there. He has done that. He's made critical kicks at critical times. And I think that. Most importantly for the psyche of this team, having a veteran like Sean come in to kick field goals is going to be massive for them. And, of course, you had an opportunity to sit down and talk with the pride of White Rock, Sean White. Well, I'm sure, Sean, walking into this locker room for the very first time, um, the sense of relief and joy for most every player is because the problem that the Lions have had with their kicking. How good a feeling has it been coming back home? It's honestly a dream come true. Uh, I've been waiting ever since I have got traded in 2011. I've been always keeping an eye on the Lions and seeing if they had an opportunity to come back and play for my hometown. And to be back and, like, the situation we were in last year wasn't the best one for, for me. And to come in here into this awesome locker room with a tight-knit group and coaches that take care of their players has been phenomenal. And uh, honestly, a breath of fresh air, and it's revitalizing for me. I'm, I'm back, I feel great, and I'm ready to work. So, you know, just so everybody knows, too, was one of the factors I know that you've been working on trying to become a firefighter, you know, as, as you look to your future job. Um, was any of that play a role in you coming back, or was it always simply just a case that you wanted to come home? Oh, I grew up a BC Lion fan, watching Louis Pasaglia or even being behind Paul McCallum. You know, I looked up to those guys, and that's the team I grew up going to BC Place watching, and I've just felt natural being orange and black. And, uh, yeah, I, it's my hometown. I want to represent the my my home and my family and my friends and and even you julio but uh but no it's 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 something i've always wanted to be and when i was here last time i was i was backing up the hall of fame kicker paul mccallum and i knew i didn't have a chance and i've always dreamt of being the guy from my hometown and winning a great cup and i get chills talking about it and i that's that's all i want to do and just being here is just phenomenal and being up here in canvas i know we talked earlier about the the fact that the weather probably isn't ideal up here you have been having to deal with the wind but the idea too though that you're going to play half your games yeah. in a dome is obviously a nice relief for a kicker. Oh, it's like uh, it's like when an old guy moves to Florida. You know, it's always hot. <laughs> it's always hot, and then and you and, feel good. And, yeah, <laughs> and so it, that's what it's like for an old guy like me playing in the dome. I'm, you know, but uh, no, I want to end my career here. I'll, I'll, I'll play as long as I possibly can, unless you hire me in West Van. Um, <laughs> I don't got that kind of pull. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> But, no, I love it here, and I'll, I'll do anything to stay here. And, uh, you know, the firefighter thing is my backup plan after football, and football's first for me. Right on. Um, you, you've been around the game a long time, been a lot of, around a lot of teams. Um, 
you know, what was your initial reaction to the to the group that here? There's a lot of veterans here, a lot of you know good football players have been around a long time. You get the, you get a good sense even here at training camp for that the, during this practice. The defense was jumping around, yeah. having a great time. It looks like there's a really good vibe with this team. It's an un- unbelievable vibe. It's, I walked in the locker room it was like a choir of angels singing. And, <laughs> uh, but it's a, like I said, it's a tight knit group, and they all love each other, and they all do a, they go out together, and they battle together, and they have each other's backs. And uh, it's you got leaders throughout the whole team, uh, and they stay on top of each other and hold each other accountable. That's not the coach's job to do that. It's the player's job, and they do it so, so perfect. And it's great for an old guy like me. I can just sit there and watch and watch this team grow and be a part of it. And it's just the detail that the coaches have. Neil's, Neil and, uh, and Ryan have done a great job building this team, and it's just it's just phenomenal right now. As I keep say, saying that word, but it is. It's, it's great, and it's, it's, a team like that will go far. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I know uh, on behalf of the fans that people are just absolutely thrilled to see you back home and the kicker for the BC Lions. There's no sitting behind anybody else. You're the Hall of Famer now. Now someone else has to sit behind you. So there you go. But welcome back and welcome home. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. Thank you. BC Lions kicker Sean White talking with Julio Caravetta about this training camp and the upcoming season and his return to BC. This segment, by the way, presented in part by Tech Resources, proud supporter of Be More Than a Bystander. Much more coming up live from Kamloops, presented by BCLC as we preview the Lions training camp. In the next segment, we will talk to offensive coordinator Jordan Mitsimic and what to expect with rookie quarterback Nathan Work. All that and more right here on AM 730 and the BC Lions Radio Network. Whether you're visiting for a quick getaway, business, or sports weekend, Coast Kamloops Hotel wants to be part of your great Kamloops experience. Enjoy the indoor pool and hot tub in the tropical atrium, free Wi-Fi, amazing food and drinks in Romeo's Kitchen and Spirits, and even an on-site cold beer and wine store. Your comfort is their top priority. Coast Kamloops Hotel and Conference Center. Everything under one roof. That's refreshing. Book direct and enjoy the Coast Best Rate Promise. Visit the deals page at coasthotels.com. You might know in British Columbia, BCLC means the lottery. The winning numbers are seven. But did you know we also bring you casinos? Seven red. And sports betting, too. And they lead by seven big points. Generating funds for things like healthcare, education, even community programs and park space. So with every play, you're making BC even better. BCLC, we're a lot more than lottery. Must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. Dinner for two or 52. Sun Peak's newest restaurant is all about elegant Italian classics and family-style dining. From their family to yours. Capone's Italian Kitchen serves hand-rolled homemade meatballs, house-made focaccia bread, calamari, bruschetta, and spaghetti and meatballs. Quality wine selection of local BC and import Italian wines. And the best patio in the resort. Open daily at 5 p.m. for dine-in or take-out. Follow at Capone's Kitchen on Instagram and Facebook. And make a reservation today. Capone'sKitchen.com. Be More Than a Bystander is a powerful training and education program that inspires change towards making communities safer. This program has educated thousands of people on how their simple actions can have a positive impact and make safe and respectful spaces for everyone. Be More Than a Bystander. Find out how by visiting bemorethanabystander.ca. This message is brought to you by the Ending Violence Association of BC, Tech Resources, and your BC Lions. Now, back to more of the First in Goal BC Lions training camp show. Brought to you by BCLC. 
Live from training camp in Kamloops, here again are Julio Caravetta and Bob Marjanovic. Welcome back to the BC Lions training camp shows live from Kamloops, presented by BCLC. It's the Moach, Bob Marjanovic, along with Julio Caravetta. Julio, this segment we're going to talk to second-year offensive coordinator Jordan Mitsimic about his offense. But before we get to Jordan, um, Nathan Rourke has been handed the keys to the car. How interested are you to see what Nathan Rourke can do this year? Well, I think that might be a bit of an understatement. I, I think everybody is interested in seeing uh, what Nathan Rourke is going to do. Really, that's going to be the biggest question mark right across the league uh, when you look at the BC Lions, right? The quarterback is such a central part um, of every team. And so, obviously, Nathan uh, um, has given himself this opportunity, right, Moji? I mean, like, they're not going to just give him this job because – you know, they're hoping that the, they're doing it because of what, what he did f- for them last year and what he showed them, the kind of one, the kind of character that he has, the work habits that he has, but his ability, right? Um, so now it's going to be interesting to see how he can take that next step uh, because now he's going to be the guy. It's different when you're coming off the bench. Um, he's going to be the starter. Uh, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. How is he able to fight through all that stuff? The mental part of the game, how much more... Uh, a, a factor that's going to be so lots of question question marks around Nathan but exciting um, to see where he's going to be able to take this you know it's interesting we talk about a lot of the second year Lions and how much easier it might be for them the second time around what about a second year offensive coordinator like Jordan Mitsimic well I, I think that it obviously he's going to grow and he he probably self-evaluated himself and went through all the game film last year and said to himself he wish he would have done this a little bit differently but now it's not that you have a, a seasoned veteran like Michael Riley back there that can kind of get you out of trouble and really kind of help you. Now you're really you've got Nathan Rourke, who's you know a second year player who's you, who's going to need a lot of guidance, who's going to need a lot of you're going to really have to finesse your game plan to really fit what he does, and um, that's going to be a work in progress, right? Because you got to figure out what he does really well and try to implement it into your offense. So it'll be interesting to see how he grows and develops with Nathan. And, of course, we had an opportunity to sit down and chat with the offensive coordinator of the BC Lions, Jordan Mitsimic, and asked him about his biggest takeaway from his first year's OC with BC. Oh, I mean, there's a ton of takeaways. I mean, I think we just um, offensively as a staff, uh, just the way we evolved throughout the year um, from, a, from a game plan perspective and, and from working together um, and stuff like that, um, from from game one to game 14 um, I thought that process just got smoother and smoother and, and more comfortable for everybody um, as we went so um, by the end of the year we were we were very much on the same page and we were super comfortable with with the things that were going in uh, we felt we kind of had um, all the uh, all the boxes checked and stuff like that um, so so to be able to to start from that point and build off of that um, is very exciting uh, going into 2022. What's the biggest key for that offense getting smoother and getting everyone on the same page? Is it just communication? Is it just getting the reps in? Yeah, I mean, reps are a big thing. Um, just the, the continuity is going to be so huge. So both on the coaching staff and on the roster, player-wise, um, getting those guys um, in the room and, and out on the grass that – They've, they've heard the language before. They've all talked it. Um, they, they've got those reps with Nathan 
um, speaking receiver wise and, and stuff up front. Um, the big guys are comfortable with, with JB in the backfield. Um, all those things. I mean, you just kind of start to sing on second or third base um, and you're not starting in the dugout like we were um, a year ago at this time. You've handed the keys to the car over to Nathan Rourke. What is it about his game that excites you? Oh, a ton. I mean, he's just he's just so twitchy um, athletically. Um, he uh, he does a great job processing. Um, he can take in so much information, process it quickly, make a good decision, uh, and know where to go with the ball. Uh, and and when that ball comes out, it's quick. Uh, it's accurate. It's on point. It's to the right guy. Um, he, he does such a good job preparing um, uh, on a week-to-week -week basis. We just have so much confidence in him um, that, that he's going to be able to operate the offense at a, at a very high level. He's got a swagger to him. And, and even last year, I remember coming up to him and I said, I don't know, it was midway through the year, and I asked him, I said, what's the biggest transition of the program? And he looked at me and says, not playing. <laughs> right? It wasn't like, you know, well, it's, you know, it's the field, it's the Canadian game, the yeah. speed. It was just as simple as, like, I'm not playing, yeah. right? So it tells you a little bit about where his mindset is at. Yeah, and and like you said, it's it, it's a swagger, but it's but it's quiet. It's a quiet, modest confidence. Um, but you can tell he has, in quotes, it. Um, and and honestly, I could tell that. I mean, drafting him and then getting into the COVID year and going through the pandemic, we spent a lot of time um, on Zoom together. So I, I didn't meet him in person for 14 months or whatever uh, after we drafted him. Um, but but you could tell even then, just, just having him and, and Riley on the Zooms and, and going through the stuff with them, um, that, that he had that confidence in himself and that, and that, but it's earned confidence because he prepares so hard. Um, so he knows that he knows it um, because he's done the work and stuff like that. But yeah, you could tell working with him, like I said, even, even through a computer screen that he, that he had that it factor. How much does the offense change going, or does it at all, going from Michael Riley to Nathan Rourke? Not really. I mean, same kind of stuff um, that, that we're going to be doing. Obviously, we, we go through our normal off-season procedures, and, and we find the things that, that we really like that we did, and we're going to expand upon those things, and we find the things that, that necessarily didn't work out so well. So we're either going to tweak those things or, or remove them from our offense. But structurally, it's a very similar offense. I mean... Nathan was comfortable with it last year. Um, he uh, he did a good job learning, like I've said before. Uh, Mike did a good job passing uh, all his wisdom um, onto onto Nathan. So so yeah, we're comfortable um, with uh, with that same base offensive structure. Well, with the evolution of Nathan Rourke and, and knowing the offense, as you talked about year two, the familiarity. What type of wrinkles are you going to put in this year? Because obviously, you always have your foundation, but. Do we, should we expect to see more wrinkles of off of what you run compared to last year? Yeah, I mean there'll be changes. Um, like you said, the the base stuff is going to stay the base stuff um, with uh, with a guy uh, like Nathan who's young, who's got a little bit more spring in his step. I mean we can we can move him around a little bit more uh, than you would a veteran guy like Mike. So whether it's run pass options, movement game uh, on the bootleg stuff, sprint outs, that kind of thing. I mean. Uh, not to say Mike wasn't good at it, he was great at it, but um, 
Nathan's really good at that stuff too. Um, so, so we want to incorporate that stuff. We want to make it hard for the defense to know where he's going to be. He he's not always going to be right behind the center. We we want to move him around, um, and, and then he has the ability the ability to to run the ball too. Um, so involving him in the run game, that's always fun stuff to draw up. Um, you just have to find that delicate balance where he is your starting quarterback and. Um, Involving him in the run game is going to expose him to some more shots. Um, so, even though it's uh, even though it's productive and, and even though we like doing it, um, like I said, we're going to find that balance where where we do it enough to be efficient, uh, but we don't do it enough where where we're ex exposing our young guy to to those shots. You know, it's interesting when you think about it from a defensive perspective. Uh, the easiest way to get a defense kind of on its heels is to create doubt, yep. like even a pre-snap doubt in terms of okay, what's this look? What are they doing? Is that probably one of the bigger goals is like when you come out in your formations that you try to create some of that doubt with the defense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, we want to we want to get them on their heels. We want to get the players on their heels uh, and communicating and, and talking. Um, so we try and do that with a lot of our formations, with our movement, with our different personnel groupings, get that get those guys on the other side of the ball um, a, a little bit frazzled. And like I said, talking. Um, kind of at the last minute right before the ball snapped, we want to keep the defensive coordinator on his heels. So we want to operate with a little bit more tempo, a little bit more urgency than we did last year, whether we're, we're in the huddle uh, or whether we're in no huddle situations. Um, we want to be on the ball. Like I said, we want to be urgent. We want to be intentional with everything we do uh, and really get that defense on their heels and keep them on their heels with the speed of our execution. Yeah, you want them thinking and not reacting. Offensive coordinator Jordan Matsimic is our guest. Personnel-wise, uh, let's start with the receivers because that's probably, <laughs> I mean, you look at the strengths of this team, that group right there, I mean, Burnham, Lucky Whitehead, and I think a guy that a lot of people are excited to see what he can do, Javon Katoy. Yeah, I mean, uh, across the board, like you said. So to have those guys back, um, A, and B, to have them back healthy uh, and ready to go um, is exciting. Like, uh, just just going through them, I mean, Lucky is just one of the best playmakers in the league. I mean, a defense has to account for him every single snap, regardless of where he is on the ball. Um, he's dangerous with everything he does. We all know uh, what, what Brian Burnham can do, um, Mr. Dependable. Um, if you throw that thing up anywhere, he's going to go get it. Um, and then the name you mentioned with, with Javon Katoy, and I would add to that Dominic Rhymes, mm -hmm. um, who, who suffered through a foot injury early last year. Uh, and when he came back, honestly, he wasn't even he wasn't 100% healthy when he came back at the end of the year, but he toughed it out for those last four games. Um, and you could see even in those last four games between between um, uh, Katoy and D. Rhymes, having those big bodies to the field, that's hard for a defense. Um, they can go up and they can get jump balls downfield, or you can get the, the ball in their hands in short and intermediate passes, um, and guys fall off of them, frankly. I mean, they're so big and they're so strong and they're so physical. Uh, they're, they're both hard guys to bring down. Yeah, and the one thing, too, I remember it was a game against Montreal. I think one time Lucky went deep, got him on a post for a touchdown, and that kind of spread the defense a little bit and then you just come back with un underneath with Burnham it's like it's almost like picking your poison especially when you have that vertical threat with Lucky um offensive line you talk about wanting continuity that's one area where you want continuity you have some veterans there but clearly you're going to need more out of that group this year yeah um and again I kind of go to what I said um earlier in the conversation with how we evolved um I was talking earlier about an offensive staff but but offensively, um, 
I, I really look at those last four games uh, that we played the Ontario trip and then coming back against Calgary and Edmonton. Um, I know we only went one and three in 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 those games, um, but but offensively, I think we did a really good job finding our stride, and and I really point to the offensive line um, f for that. Um, we did a really good job in our second bye week, um, narrowing our focus in the run game and, and kind of reteaching some of the stuff that we did in the run game. They bought into it and it worked. Um, and we were able to run the ball a lot better late in the season than we did in that mid-season um, little stretch there. Um, and that changes your offense. Um, so again, to, to have some of those guys back, like you said, to have some of those veterans back, um, to, to build on what we did those last four games. Um, I think they left, uh, they left last year with a really good taste in their mouth based on those last four games. They've been working their tails off all off season. So yeah, uh, we do need that group to be better and I fully expect that they will be. You know, one of the things too, you talked about the evolution of the offense and James Butler by the end of the year was probably running as hard or as good as a lot of backs, if not all the backs in the league. So it was a bit of a sore spot during the course of the year, but those last four games, I mean, he really evolved as well. Yeah, he absolutely did. And what it came down to, honestly, is making him the guy. Um, and we're guilty of that as a coaching staff. We tried to get kind of the best of both worlds and, and all that with, with different guys in the lineup, um, multiple running backs in the lineup. Reality is it's hard, um, especially in a three-down league. When you throw it as much as we have to throw it, it's hard for a running back to get into a rhythm. And then you add another guy into that mix, and you're trying to spread the ball out between two guys, uh, and they just don't get into a rhythm. Um, so, so when we made the decision to make JB um, the guy, give him all the carries, let him get into that rhythm, along with the changes we made up front, I think that's really when you saw that run game take off. Talk to any offensive lineman, they will tell you, just let's run the damn ball, right? I mean, they, they love it. And you, you talk to guys, and they usually say the, the more you run it, the better they start feeling and getting into that groove. And, you know, sometimes you might not have that success early, but if you're committed to it and you run it, say, 20 to 25 times in a game, by the time you get to that 21st through 26th carry, you're pounding it pretty good and they're feeling it. As an offensive coordinator, how tough is that sometimes to balance you know, that commitment to the run that everyone always talks about to open up the pass game, yet at the same time, as you mentioned, you know, maybe the score dictates throwing the ball more, maybe it's just what the defense has given you, but how tough is that sometimes to balance in terms of play calling? It is tough. I mean, like you said, there's there's a lot of different things that go into it. The scoreboard is one of them. Um, unfortunately, kind of the middle stretch of our season, we found ourselves kind of fighting from behind early uh, in games. Um, so as an offensive coordinator, that's kind of always in the back of your mind that you're trying to uh, strike big and, and, and strike often because um, you kind of kind of claw your way back into the game. Um, and so the runs kind of fade away. Um, and then it's just kind of human nature. Uh, you run it a couple times and you find yourself in second and 10, second and 11, second and nine. Um, and it's a tough thing to overcome mentally. That, that's one of those things that I, uh, I kind of sat back and, and examined during the offseason to make sure that I wasn't falling into that trap anymore um, and make sure that I, I hold myself more accountable with that. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the, uh, fan of the run game, and, uh, and I definitely want to be more committed to it this year around. Jordan Mitsimic, second-year offensive coordinator of the BC Lions. A good time talking to Jordan finding out what he has in store for this BC Lions offense in 2022.
This segment, by the way, presented in part by our good friends at Interfor Lumber. Coming up next on the BC Lions training camp report, of course, coming to you live from Kamloops, presented by the good folks at BCLC, we will hear from defensive coordinator Ryan Phillips and what to expect on the defensive side of the ball. All that and more on AM 730 and the BC Lions Radio Network. You might know in British Columbia, BCLC means the lottery. The winning numbers are seven. But did you know we also bring you casinos? Seven red. And sports betting, too. And they lead by seven big points. Generating funds for things like health care, education, even community programs and park space. So with every play, you're making BC even better. BCLC, we're a lot more than lottery. Must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. Be More Than a Bystander is a powerful training and education program that inspires change towards making communities safer. This program has educated thousands of people on how their simple actions can have a positive impact and make safe and respectful spaces for everyone. Be More Than a Bystander. Find out how by visiting bemorethanabystander.ca. This message is brought to you by the Ending Violence Association of BC, Tech Resources, and your BC Lions. Whether you're visiting for a quick getaway, business, or a sports weekend, Coast Kamloops Hotel wants to be part of your great Kamloops experience. Enjoy the indoor pool and hot tub in the tropical atrium, free Wi-Fi, amazing food and drinks in Romeo's Kitchen and Spirits, and even an on-site cold beer and wine store. Your comfort is their top priority. Coast Kamloops Hotel and Conference Center, everything under one roof. That's refreshing. Book direct and enjoy the Coast Best Rate Promise. Visit the deals page at coasthotels.com. Dinner for two or 52. Sun Peak's newest restaurant is all about elegant Italian classics and family-style dining. From their family to yours. Capone's Italian Kitchen serves hand-rolled homemade meatballs, house-made focaccia bread, calamari, bruschetta, and spaghetti and meatballs. Quality wine selection of local BC and import Italian wines. And the best patio in the resort. Open daily at 5 p.m. for dine-in or take-out. Follow at Capone's Kitchen on Instagram and Facebook. And make a reservation today. Capone'sKitchen.com. Looking to spice up your next party? Let Vancouver Party Works help make your party an event. Whether you're turning 1 or 16 or even 60, Vancouver Party Works has something that will have everyone talking about your event. Vancouver Party Works has been specializing in interactive games since 1990 and has a vast inventory of classic, old-fashioned arcade games, carnival games, casino tables, photo booths, and virtual reality games at your disposal. For more information, visit partyworks.bc.ca. Now, back to more of the First in Goal BC Lions Training Camp Show. Brought to you by BCLC. Live from Training Camp in Kamloops, here again are Julio Caravetta and Bob Marjanovic. Welcome back to the BC Lions Training Camp Specials, live from Kamloops, presented by BCLC. It's the Moj, Bob Marjanovic, along with Julio Caravetta. Our final segment of tonight's show will feature defensive coordinator Ryan Phillips. And Julio, having a little fun with Ryan at the start of this interview, man, it's been three years that he's the D.C. now. Like, Well, not D.C., but on the coaching staff. First year as the official D.C. It seems just like yesterday the guy was playing. Yeah, I know. He's... It's kind of crazy, and you know, I mean, he was here for a long time. So, but Ryan's done a very, very nice job of adjusting uh, to the coaching ranks, and and clearly he's done a very good job because uh, you don't just give the defensive coordinator's job just because you're a good guy. Um, he's shown that uh, his ability to run a defense, and and I think the other thing too for Ryan that's a really big 
big part of his success is his ability to communicate and his ability to get to, to get the best out of his players. Um, even though sometimes that can be difficult for some of these guys who played with him, um, you know, for now to him be in that position, it takes a special person to be able to, um, you know, step into that coaching rank, still have a relationship with guys, but still push them to get the best out of them. Well, we had a little fun with Ryan at the start of this interview, just talking about, well, how the sands of time move rather quickly. Year three of your coaching career. How much different is Ryan Phillips in year three than as a rookie head coach in 2019? Ooh, a lot different from a knowledge standpoint, um, an expectation standpoint, obviously with the new job title, but even outside of that, just understanding like how I can adapt my coaching style and even my personality and perception of the game to help guys get better. Um, kind of was in a 50-50 or even, like I said, a gray area as far as how I can do that in my first year and trying to figure that out. But now i got a little bit more experience, got more guys that can, you know, obviously be truthful and honest with me, even from a criticism standpoint. And having someone like Rick that lets me learn by trial and error as well has definitely been, like I said, great and enormous for my growth. Um, and now, like I said, it's put me in a position to feel confident in what I'm doing and the direction I can put our defense in. You mentioned knowledge. It's ironic because when you played, a lot of guys said you were like a, a coach on the field, right? You knew the system, you knew everything. So when it comes to knowledge, what are you learning that you didn't know as a player? Um, I mean, honestly, understand the whole defense all the way around. I mean, you know, from a defensive back standpoint, while I was playing, you know, I just really cared about how offenses were trying to attack me or attack some of our defenses, maybe from a pass cover standpoint. But understanding now, like I said, how to marry all those things along with the defensive line and the offensive line, you know, schemes and so forth. Now having to master that knowledge and so forth has definitely been great for me. Um, I think it's taken my knowledge to a whole nother level. And now, like I said, I want to be able to see us now play at a different level as well defensively as far as creating turnovers taking advantage of uh, offensive schemes and so forth, and more so being dictators compared to in the past maybe being counterpunchers. So I want us to definitely go out there and be dictators and make sure that we're taking our aggressiveness to another level. What about the personalities and learning to motivate players? I remember a coach telling me one time when he was a young coach, it was like he was always doing it one way. And then he realized a little later on as he got a little older that you know, in his career, he said, hey, you know, some guys you got to yell at, some guys just got to kind of grab and talk softly to. Are you kind of learning that about your team all the way through? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some guys come from, you know, different backgrounds and so forth, but even learning-wise, everybody learns differently. You know, you got your visual learners, you got guys that need to come out here and go through walkthrough. I mean, you know, everybody has to learn their own different way, and you want to try to balance that as much as possible. And then also leave enough time for those guys that maybe need more one-on-one -on -one time. I mean, those are some guys that need a little bit more of that just to make sure they get the scheme so that way they can go out there and play fast. And the biggest goal for me is to make sure everybody understands what we're doing, how we're doing it, and the reasons why. And that's the biggest thing for me. Why we're doing it, like I said, how it's going to get us to the promised land, and can you do it as fast as possible and as aggressive as possible. And that's definitely understanding everybody's one, like I said, background to some degree, but also how they learn and how we can get the most out of that player. When you look at your coaching career, I mean, obviously you had to have influences along the way as a player. They always say the fact that you got to be true to yourself. And then what you do is you might take a little bit from that coach and a little bit from that coach. Who are some of those coaches that you take a little, a couple of things from? 
Well, I'm gonna save the best for last. So first, you know, um, I was had the pleasure of uh, first coming in the le uh, league with Dave Ritchie, and Dave was his own guy and his own self. You know, Dave was himself all the time. He stuck to what he believed in, and he re he rode with it. And I believe in that. You know, I tell anybody if you're gonna go out, go out swinging the way you know you have 100% faith in, and that's me all the way. And that's something I definitely took for him. I also had guys like Benny and Mark Washington, and those guys are schematic guys that you know I definitely took bits and pieces from. And then Wally is Wally, right? So Wally is a, a guy that once uh, you um, get to a certain level with him, um, that, you know, it's not just a thing of being black and white. He was black and white with everybody. But also understanding how to fine-tune your skills and your craft for the betterment of the team. And he knew how to get the most out of that, you know, and he did that for myself and for other guys along. So I wanted to take those pieces from him because you're only as good as the product on the field. And I know I can't maintain a job without those guys performing at a high level. So I have to find ways to make sure I get the most out of those players. Chatting with BC Lions defensive coordinator Ryan Phillips. Ryan, like most coaches, if you knock down a pass, they will give the defender a plus. Like for people that don't know, they get graded every game, plus or a minus. And if you knock down a pass, it, it's a plus on most defensive coordinators. You count it as a minus. Like you have some high standards as a DC. <laughs> That's a definite. Uh, you know, and even the guys in the meeting today, I'm like, hey, if you just want to be good, cool, knock down the ball. And some of the guys looked at me like, what? And I'm like, God, listen, if you guys don't know me yet, obviously uh, I have a different type of standard. And at the end of the day, when that ball's in the air, I feel like it should be ours. Um, I don't care who threw it. I don't care how it got there, but we got to come down with the ball. And that's how you create turnovers. But one, that's how you change momentums in the game. And momentum is huge in this professional game. And we can see it. It can turn games around. It can turn games around in, in uh, the last three minutes of the game when it's most crucial. And I want guys to be confident in that. So, you know, if I can more so get guys to understand that at an early stage, which is now doing training camp, then at that point it can carry over all the way through the course of the season. So that's going to be my standard. It's not going to change. Um, I played that way, but also to the same extent, I want our defense to uh, act accordingly and make sure that we have that high standard across the board. We talk about the aggression. Two things that uh, hamper aggression are lack of knowledge of the scheme and fatigue. Um, which one do you see as the bigger challenge with a group? Uh, lack of knowledge, I think, is a bigger challenge. One, because at the end of the day, if I know what I'm doing and how I can get there, I can now kind of eliminate those fatigue things. Um, one thing I've always said is even for me to play a long time in my career, there were some things that I knew I had to give so much energy towards because I knew what they were doing before they were doing it, and I understand the scheme um, you know, alongside of that. So you know, I can now eliminate some of the injury factors and some of the fatigue factors that come with age, come with body wear and tear, by me just understanding the scheme and how the offense can now manipulate that. So those are definitely huge things for me. That's why I want to make sure that we get as detailed as possible, especially in the meeting rooms, especially through walkthroughs. So then at that point, if we run into some of these issues, we can still, you know, say hit the ball rolling and make sure that we can still uphold the standard that we want to set here through training camp all the way on to the Grey Cup. One of the things that you want in training camp is competition. You, you want guys to be pushed. You want guys to feel uncomfortable. Do you see this group that you have now? Do you feel like you're going to get that and you're getting it here in Canada? Yeah, I feel like, man, we got some guys that could definitely go out there and definitely uh, compete for a spot. You know, I told those guys from the beginning, you know, I love my veterans and so forth, but it's their job to go out there and take a spot. And guys took that personally, and I like that. You know, the only way we can get better is if we bring the best out of one another, where if that's the first guy or the sixth or the seventh or the eighth, and we're only as good as our last guy on the roster. And from my years past, the thing about it that made teams great was everybody had up, upheld a standard, everybody understood the expectation, and everybody wanted to go out there and compete. 
And that's the type of guys we have to have in the locker room. If we don't, then we'll come up short. So young guys out here, they're definitely coming out here wanting to compete, wanting to earn a spot. They're not caring about the whole veteran status and so forth. They want to go out here and make sure that they can earn their keep and earn a spot on this team. When you look at this defense this year, you've brought in some big names. I mean, Bro's a, a, a stud. I mean, playing the corner, Luchas Purefoy, we know what he can do. Uh, unfortunately, Stove Richardson won't be available, if at all, until the end of the year. But, man, when you guys signed him, I was like, damn, I love that signing. But, you know, it is what it is with him being out. But, you know, the other thing, too, I think, when you look at this defense this year, and I remember Pete Carroll talking about this last year after a Seahawks game. And he said, you know, we got a lot of first-year starters. You know, sometimes it takes these guys, like, uh, the second year for them to really kind of get it and understand it and, you know, just feel more comfortable about themselves, you know, the environment, the opposition, you name it. And I look at this team, particularly on the defensive line, Guachem, Bonner, Banks, how much better do you think that group can be second year around? Even a guy like Williams at linebacker. No, like I said, even for someone like Jordan, right? And most people's opinion, Jordan had a phenomenal year, which he did. But at the end of the day, you can't take away experience. You can't take away the knowledge that he gained throughout playing the whole course of his rookie year. So I expect him to be even better. I expect him to probably lead the league in tackles and so forth. And he was that close to doing it last year. But I expect him to make even more plays, you know, to be a runner, you know, a runner for defensive player of the year and so forth. He has all the intangibles to do so. But even guys like Banks and Bonner, they're going to help him. You know, like I said, everything goes from the front to the middle, you know, to the middle of our defense all the way to the back end. And guys like Banks and Bonner and Guachem, those guys are going to help themselves, but they're also going to be the domino effect of helping guys like Jordan Williams and guys like going to the back end like the Luches, Pierrefoys, and so forth. The more that we can get those guys all helping one another, the more faster we'll be as a defense, and that's going to be huge for us. So I expect those guys to come out definitely with a whole different intensity level, with a whole different knowledge and a whole different expectation. So then that way when they go out, they're going to hit the ball rolling. I expect us to be fast and making plays all the way from the beginning. You know, the, the one thing, too, that I guess as a coordinator you'd like, and we kind of talked about this the other night with the Mojon Sports Podcast with Brent Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about those great defenses that you had, like, you know, two five six seven through that era. And one of the things, too, like when I think, you know, as a D coordinator that you'd like to get, you'd like to get into that stage where you've got guys out there that don't even need to communicate to one another. They, they're all on the same page, right? Like, they know what's going on. I mean, you played with Banks and, you know, Carl Kidd and Dante Marsh and all these guys. All you guys had to do was kind of give, you know, the old head nod, and you knew exactly what you were doing pre-snap. Do you feel like that is kind of, of this defense is evolving to that stage, even though you do have some new pieces this year? Yeah, I feel like we can definitely get there. I mean, especially on the back end alone. I mean, between TJ and between Luchez and Sales and Gary Peters and Bro, we're talking about veteran guys that have all been successful in this league. They've been playing for a while now. They understand the expectation from a professional standpoint, but they also know my expectation as a defensive coordinator. And the fact that they can be all on the same page and fly around and do some of the things that they've been doing throughout their career, definitely is going to be huge for us. And once they get into the matrix, and I talk about the matrix, where the game slows down completely, mm-hmm. that's the mark that we want to be to. And the more guys that we can get on board with that, the greater we'll be as a defense. So to get the younger guys to get to that point, like I said, it might take a little bit of time, even though they're in their second year. But I think they'll get there, especially with, like I said, the added additions that we talked about, the leadership of TJ and all these other guys. Like I said, they'll get there slowly but surely. And at the end of the day, we'll keep fine-tuning that. And then once we get there, I think skies is the limit. Coach, thanks for doing this. Good luck. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Ryan Phillips, the defensive coordinator of the BC Lions. And Julio, uh, a lot of excitement about this defense this year with a lot of the new faces. But man, oh man, I don't think Ryan Phillips will come out and say it publicly. 
But if you got him behind closed doors and talked to him about the loss of Steven Richardson, I can tell you well, two words to describe it, probably utter disappointment. Yeah, no, I, I would probably use almost devastated too, right? Like they, they – I mean, everybody across the league, I think if you ask players who the number one free agent um, player was, they would have said it was Steven Richardson. That's, that's the kind of impact that he was going to have on any team. And the Lions were lucky enough to sign him. So losing him – um, was devastating for this defense because I know a lot of it was built around him. So, but what do you do, right? You you, you can't cry over spilt milk. You gotta you gotta reload and you gotta maybe rethink a few things and and hopefully a, a few of these guys that they brought in can can step in and and um, you know maybe be the next Stephen Richardson. And you know the interesting thing too is we talked earlier in the show about second year players like Boom Guachum and Tim Bonner and Josh Banks, and we touched on that with Ryan Phillips goes back to what's something that I remember Pete Carroll saying last year. He said, hey, you know what? Even though they're, they're playing in their first year, he goes, not really till the second year until they get it. And I know you hit on that earlier as well. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I just think that uh, as, a, as a rookie, you know, you go through this league, it, everything is new. You know, coming to Kamloops, you're coming to a new country. Um, you know, you, you're, you're learning a new game. You're making new friends. You're, you're trying to find a place to live. Everything is foreign. And so it takes a long time to kind of get – that where you're at a comfort level, right? When you come in for your second year, all there's nothing new, right? You you know what to expect. And so I think one of the biggest things, Moj, is that they're off season workouts, right? They're tailor made they're tailor making their workouts specifically for a game they now understand and know what to expect. So I mean the hope is when you try to go as young as the Lions did up front and spent the year developing these guys that you're going to get that return on your investment. And so that's going to be the big thing here with, with all those guys that you mentioned. Well, that's a wrap for us tonight. Again, thank you for tuning in. And a big thank you, by the way. Uh, you talk about returning to. We're returning to the Coast Kamloops Hotel and Conference Center. Big shout-out to our good friend, Angela Tasker, for looking after us year after year. They are our home away from home. In the loops, whenever travel brings you to Kamloops, check it out online by searching Coast Kamloops Hotel and Conference Center. And this place, Julia, as you know, you've been up here for soccer tournaments. I mean, the city of uh, tournaments or whatever it's called. It's crazy how busy this hotel can get. It's off the charts. When I checked in, I just couldn't believe how busy it is. But it's fantastic. The rooms are great. The service is great. The executive workout is perfect up here into the hop tub. Um, it gives you everything you need. So uh, I highly recommend uh, any chance you're up here, um, come in and stop in at the coast. You're not going to be disappointed. Great stuff. And again, that's a wrap for us. Again, thank you for tuning in. And a reminder, you can listen to the podcast at bclions.com in case you missed it. Much more coming up tomorrow from Kamloops right here on AM 730 and the BC Lions Radio Network. Whether you're visiting for a quick getaway, business, or sports weekend, Coast Kamloops Hotel wants to be part of your great Kamloops experience. Enjoy the indoor pool and hot tub in the tropical atrium, free Wi-Fi, amazing food and drinks in Romeo's Kitchen and Spirits, and even an on-site cold beer and wine store. Your comfort is their top priority. Coast Kamloops Hotel and Conference Center, everything under one roof. That's refreshing. Book direct and enjoy the Coast Best Rate Promise. Visit the deals page at coasthotels.com. You might know in British Columbia, BCLC means the lottery. The winning numbers are seven. But did you know we also bring you casinos? Seven red. 
and sports betting, too. And they lead by seven big points. Generating funds for things like healthcare, education, even community programs and park space. So with every play, you're making BC even better. BCLC, we're a lot more than lottery. Must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. Dinner for two or 52. Sun Peak's newest restaurant is all about elegant Italian classics and family-style dining. From their family to yours. Capone's Italian Kitchen serves hand-rolled homemade meatballs, house-made focaccia bread, calamari, bruschetta, and spaghetti and meatballs. Quality wine selection of local BC and import Italian wines. And the best patio in the resort. Open daily at 5 p.m. for dine-in or take-out. Follow at Capone's Kitchen on Instagram and Facebook. And make a reservation today. Capone'sKitchen.com. Be More Than a Bystander is a powerful training and education program that inspires change towards making communities safer. This program has educated thousands of people on how their simple actions can have a positive impact and make safe and respectful spaces for everyone. Be More Than a Bystander. Find out how by visiting bemorethanabystander.ca. This message is brought to you by the Ending Violence Association of BC, Tech Resources, and your BC Lions.